All right, give the Lord a great praise tonight. Praise God, praise God, praise God. How many are glad to be in the house tonight? Praise the Lord. So good to see all of you. You can be seated. So good to see all of you this evening and to thank the praise and worship team for their hard work this week. And uh, it's been a great week for your church. And Pentecost Sunday is this Sunday, as Pastor was noting, and you need to be in the house. It's really, you know, we, we think about a lot of things, but in one way, you just need to stop and think Pentecost is the birthday of the church. That's when it all started. The church was launched on Pentecost Sunday, and uh, what a great, great launching it was. And it's going to be a great day here, great day at home. My wife sends her love and her regards, and uh, we're just so glad uh, for all the blessings of God. I want to thank your pastor for, again, allowing us to come and minister in this great church. We've been ministering at Only Believe for 36 years. 36 years. It's easy for me to remember because the first time I preached across the highway, uh, it was the same year we relocated from Indiana to pastor in the Denver area. 2020 will mark 50 years our family has served the community of Denver. Uh, my father started the church in 1970, and uh, so next year, June, this time of year, next year, will mark 50 years that we've been ministering as a family in the greater Denver area. My mom and my dad and myself, when I was a teenager, uh, launched the church, and now for the last 36 years, my wife and I have been fighting the fight and seeing the victories. And so, but I think you, how many years has it been that Only Believe has been going, Pastor? Thirty-seven years, and your pastor and Pastor Phyllis have served this house for thirty-seven plus years, and I think that's worth a great Thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Well, I appreciate you being here tonight. You've had some great ministry through the course of this week. My dear friend Ronnie Harrison was here on Monday. And Pastor Jeff, uh, Pastor Jeff, I can't remember, Williams, Lord, don't let him know I forgot his last name. <laughs> Pastor Jeff Williams ministered on Tuesday, and I hope somebody was blessed last night by the word uh, that God gave us last night. Everybody say, one more time. That's what I want to preach about tonight is one more time. I, I believe we are so close to seeing something sovereign and supernatural happen. I, I, I just, you know, Pentecost itself was a sovereign moment. They had been waiting uh, in that upper room, those that remained and those that stayed faithful for that period of time, for multiple days. And then sovereignly, God just opened up the windows of heaven and sent fire from heaven and a sound of a rushing and a mighty wind. But I believe there's something sovereign getting ready to be released into the body of Christ like we have never seen before. I don't know if that scripture out of Ezra stirred you, but when I stop and think about the fact how God, because of a prophecy, 
that he had given through Jeremiah about the 70 years of captivity when the time was right, the reaping of that word came because God said, I cannot ignore what I've already said. And by already saying it, he says, well, whoever I've got to deal with, so it's Cyrus that I'm going to stir his spirit. And then from Cyrus came a release of financial miracles that caused the temple to be rebuilt. I told you last night, I believe every man and woman of God, every Christian in some way, shape, or form is going to begin to walk into a Cyrus experience. I believe God has, God has a Cyrus for only believe ministries. I don't think any of you listen to me. You've had so much word this week, you're burping right now. No, I, I said, I believe God has a Cyrus, somebody that will be a Cyrus to only believe ministries. I believe God has a Cyrus for word of life in Denver. I believe God has a Cyrus for your career, a Cyrus for your ministry, a Cyrus for your company. I believe God has somebody somewhere that you haven't met yet that he's going to stir their spirit and help you to fulfill your dream and your destiny. If anybody here besides me believes that, give God a shout of victory tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's all stand to our feet for the reading of the word. And I want to read out of the Gospel of Luke, the fifth chapter, and the fourth through the ninth verses. Gospel of Luke, the fifth chapter, the fourth through the ninth verses. Most of you will know this, uh, whether you think you do or not. It's the fourth verse is where we're going to start. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and we have taken nothing. Everybody say nothing. You ever been on that nothing side? No, come on. I said, have you ever just been on that nothing side? And we have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let the net down. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. Now, that's a lot of fish. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the drought of fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Father, in the name of Jesus, anoint every ear to hear, every mind to perceive, and every heart to believe. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Everybody say, one more time. One more. Well, you may be seated. One more time. Galatians 6, 9, I referred to it last night. And in Galatians 6, 9, it reads simply, 
let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we faint not. A more contemporary, more contemporary translations say instead of if we faint not, it says if we do not give up. If we do not give up. When you, when you run or when, and I've never been a runner, I'm more of a walker than a runner. But uh, when you talk to people that really run marathons and really go through what I would call intense uh, demands that these iron men and different ones go through from running to swimming to biking, they will all discuss the aspects of barriers and the barriers that they deal with don't have as much to do with their physical body as it has to do with their mind because they've done so much physical preparation. They know how to hydrate properly. They know how to eat properly. They know what kind of strenuous regimes that they need to test their body with to be able to take on those uh, athletic marathon races or biking races or swimming uh, and all the things they do in the Ironman competitions and so on. And most, most of the conversation has to do that at a certain point, it's not simply about the physical, it's about the mental side of breaking through to finish. And what I want to say to you is that we've got to come to a place of breakthrough that we have made up our mind that we're going to finish, that we are not giving up, that we are not giving up. More and more and more now in ministry, I, I hear more about young ministries burning out and all the discussion about the uh, I can't take the pressure of the ministry. I can't take the, the, the challenges that are on me every week to pastor and to do the things that I'm called to do in ministry. And they, and they really discuss the burnout ratios are just astronomical in uh, church leadership, probably like no other day before. Because you have to understand, if you're in the work of ministry, the, this is not just a job. You know, if, if I was just talking to a group of young pastors, it's not just a job. It is a ministry that pierces the darkness to the powers of hell. And so the enemy is out not just to take a job away from somebody. He is out to stop somebody from fulfilling a God-given destiny. Now, that just doesn't have to do with ministry that is putting bread on their table through being in ministry. That has to do with any born-again, spirit-filled son and daughter of God that has a divine purpose on their life. And you will find out that the attacks against you will come to stop you not from working uh, in farming or not from working at a factory or not from working in your business. They will come at you to discourage you to where you will give up on your gift, give up on your call, and give up on the trusting relationship that you have with God. Now, if you just hang in here with me for just a minute, I'm going to go somewhere. And so what we have to recognize is not to be weary in well-doing. Because every one of you that love God are doing something that is in agreement. I pray you're doing something that's in agreement with the call, with the gift, with that which is a result of you having a trusting, intimate relationship with God, you're doing something with your life to affect lives and impact people. 
So what happens? Don't be weary in well-doing, for you will reap at a sovereignly appointed time if you don't give up. If you do not give up. No, I'm going to say it again. If you do not give up. is I'm not talking about just fainting like collapsing in the race. That word doesn't have anything to do with just having a physical meltdown. That has to do with you stopping in motion. You're in motion. You're heading toward the finish line. You're heading toward the prize. You're heading toward the mark. You're heading toward the demarcation, and you quit. How many believe God doesn't need any more quitters? God needs some finishers. Now, I thank God, your pastor and myself, we were able to know Dr. Oral Roberts, not just from a public setting, but from behind the scenes. There was no quit in Oral Roberts. Now, he recognized he had physical limitations as he got older. I can't do what I used to do. I can't stand for hours and lay hands on the sick like I did under the great tents. I can't handle certain things physically that I used to be able to do. But there was no quit in him. So as he had the strength to do what he did, he traveled the country, he invested into pastors like your pastor and myself to help the churches be built and be stronger. When he didn't feel he could travel anymore, he would stay in his home and men of God would come and sit in the living room of his home and he would lay his hands on great church leaders. I was at his home in Newport one day and uh, was invited by Oral to join a group that was coming in, and I was shocked at who was in the room with me. I knew a lot of the guys. I knew how great their ministries were, but they wanted this great apostle of God to touch them on their head and release something into their life. There was no quit in Oral Roberts into his 90s. It was not. It was like, I can't do some of the things I used to do physically but nothing's going to stop the outpouring of my spirit. So if we don't stop, if we don't give up, we're going to reap a harvest. How many are about ready for your harvest? No, I said, how many are about ready for your harvest? No, you're not listening to me. I said, how many are about ready for your harvest? So here's Peter. He's a fisherman. And he's not a small-time fisherman. He's got more than one boat. He's got partners. I mean, you know, he doesn't have people working for him. He's got partners in his business. And so Jesus stands in Peter's fishing boat, preaches. I know you all know the story, but let me practice anyway. Uh, and he's standing and he's preaching and he's ministering to people. And then Jesus looks at Peter and said, well, launch out. Launch out. And he said, okay. And then Jesus said, now cast your net out. And he said, now, Master, you do what you do well. I mean, greatest, probably telling him, that's maybe the greatest sermon I've ever heard anybody preach. This was amazing what I saw today. But now you're in my turf. I'm the fisherman. And, and so Peter looks at him, and I know you all know the story, but I think this is a fascinating story. And Simon Peter answered said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. So you're telling me to go but right back out where I was, and I'm telling you there's no fish out here. Uh, I'm the guy that knows fishing, and I'm telling you, from the time you preached 
to right now, we caught nothing and we're getting ready to catch nothing, but I'll do what you tell me to do. Nevertheless, I will throw the net in the water at your word. And so what happens? One more time. He takes that net and he throws it in the ocean. After he had thrown that net in the ocean repeatedly for hours before Jesus preached, he one more time at the word of the Lord. Now here's the key issue. He just didn't do it one more time. Nevertheless, at thy word. You know, sometimes you got to learn something. It's not that you just do something. It's the fact of the matter, at his word, you do something. It was not just that God woke up one day, you might say, and said, I'm getting ready to stir Cyrus and cause him to release multiplied millions in gold and silver and building supplies and, and flocks and uh, oxen and, and lambs. No, it was that God looked at what he had already said. Whether you want to understand this or not, God responds to his own word. When God says something, even if it had been 70 years before, when God says something, he is bound by his own word. And the Lord says, there's an expiration on this word. <coughs> there's an expiration on this word. And that word is 70 years. My people are going to be in captivity. And now I've got to do something because I have told them this captivity will last only 70 years. And because of the prophecy of Jeremiah, God said, I've got to stir something up. So because of his word, God stirred Cyrus and Cyrus loosed multiplied millions or hundreds of millions to rebuild the temple. Now Jesus looks at Peter and said, now, Throw your net out there. And Peter's saying, there wasn't any fish out here a couple hours ago, and I don't think there's any fish now. Nevertheless, at thy word. It wasn't that he just one more time threw the net. It was that he one more time threw the net at the word of the Lord. Some of you are right on the verge of a one more time miracle because you're not just going to do it because you feel like doing it. You're not just going to do it because you think you should do it. You're not just going to do it because you think you ought to do it. You're going to do it because you got a word from heaven. There's something inside of you that is saying, I am not settling for nothing. No, you didn't catch what I said. I'm not settling for nothing. I am not settling for empty nets. I am not settling for a drought. I am not settling for loss and lack and limitation. I am not settling for it because God said if I don't quit, I will reap at an appointed time. John 21, go another fish story. John 21. I can get the pages of my Bible to turn. I don't have your computer out there. John 21, verse 5. Jesus saith unto them, Children, have you any meat? They said, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. And they cast, therefore, and now they were not able to draw it 
for the multitude of fishes. Now, I, I don't know. How, how wide do you think one of those fishing boats were? You're the fisherman. How, 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 do you think it maybe it's about as wide as from here to over here? You think maybe that's back then? You know, what, do I have an amen on that? Or, I, I'm just guessing too. But the Lord, the Lord said, now wait a minute here. What'd you get? What do you got? And basically they said nothing. He said, well, just throw the net on the other side. Now, what sense does that make? That means there's no fish over here. I'm not talking about a fish. You know, I know when you go out and you just go looking for a fish, that's one thing. But they weren't looking for a fish. They were looking for fishes. They were looking for a net full of fishes. So over here, there's no fish. And so you're telling me that across the boat, I'm going to throw the net over here, and there's going to be a bunch of fish. Now, that don't make no sense. But you know, sometimes the longest walk you will ever take is not that far. So let's pull the net out of this side and drag this old heavy net over to this side and throw the old wet thing in the water again on this side because the Lord said, what do we got? And we had to answer nothing and his answer was throw it on this side. Now, sometimes, you with me? Sometimes we won't do it one more time because if, how could it be possible if I just move this far and throw it that something will happen? How could it be possible after I have done this and then done this and done this and done this all night long and got nothing and now I'm just going to walk over here and do this it would they'd have probably responded better the Lord said take the boat out a mile and turn right and then go another quarter of a mile and cut back left and then throw your net on the right and they'd have said oh Oh, praise God, we're getting a prophetic direction from God. Oh, the Lord is telling us we're going to go a mile, and then we're going to cut right a quarter of a mile, then we're going to cut back left uh, three quarters of a mile, and then we're going to throw it on the right side of the boat. Oh, I bet there are going to be some fish out there now. But the Lord just said, just walk over here and throw it on the other side of the boat. No, that's too simple. You know, that's too simple. And you say, oh, God, I need a financial breakthrough. And, and, the, and the Lord says, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to sell $912.18. And if you do that, you never sow $912.18. Uh, glory to God. I believe something's going to happen when I sow $912.18. Uh, but the Lord said, just sow 100 more. You've done it before. You've done it before. Just, just sow it one more time. Just do this one more time. Just, just go for it one more time. 
You've done it before. Just go for it one more time. Just write out one more check that says not some weird, unique amount that you've never given before. Just write it out one more time. You, how many of you have ever given a $100 offering before? All you that have given $100, stand up on your feet. All of you that before have given the $100. Praise God. Now I know who to look for tonight to help me. No, stay on your feet. So, so you, you, you've been, but, but if you're break, looking for a breakthrough, you're looking for the windows of heaven to open up in, in a manner like you have never seen it before. How could it happen if you just do what you've done before one more time? No, hear me. If, if, if you just take the same amount, the same seed, write in the same number, you write one O N E H U N D R E D and no one hundred, and then a one zero zero point zero zero. Only believe ministries, sign your name, date the check. There's nothing mystical or unique about that any more than it was to drag that net to the other side of the boat and throw it in. But some of you are one more seed from a miracle like you have never seen before because God's getting ready to do something for you because you won't give up. Oh, come on, give God a shout. You can sit down. No, you're just not going to give up. God said something to me. God made a promise to me. Peter didn't say, I'm just going to throw the net in. Uh, but he said, at thy word, I'm going to throw this net in. So, look at your name and say, he's preaching better than your shot. Help the old boy out. Ephesians 6, the whole discourse of the armor of God. Just one little, one little statement in there. Having done all to stand. Stand. You know, what I, you know what I'm learning about ministry? This is my 47th year in ministry. And when I say full time, I mean full time. From 1972, month of June, to right now, in the month of June in 2019, I have preached full time. And in my early days, I averaged about 300 to 350 services a year. That's how it started. And I've been pastoring this church I'm in for 37 years. I pastored in Indiana seven years before that, 44 years of pastoring. You know what I'm finding out about this thing? I'm finally getting it. I've got it figured out, LD. You know what the key to this is? Don't give up. I got four people out here that said amen to that. You know what I found out the key after 47 years of full-time ministry, traveling the world, preaching probably over 15,000 times in those 47 years? You know what I found out about it? You know, you know, you know what I, you just don't give up. You just don't give up. You just don't give up. No, because you know what? You just don't give up. You just don't stop. You just keep going. And you know what? You get hit. 
You take it in the chin. You take it in the gut. You get your eyes blacked. You get your ears cauliflowered. You get your nose broke. Uh, you get hit. You get burnt. You get scarred. You get lied on. You get betrayed. You get stolen from. You get maligned publicly, privately behind the scene. You are a hero. You are one of the Avengers on Sunday. Uh, and then you're a zero on Monday. Uh, you've got people walk up to you and say, oh, Pastor, I love you so much. My life wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for you. But we're going to go over here and go to church now and pay our tithe over there. But we're eternally grateful. Well, I feel like saying, well, why don't you just go over there but leave your tithe here? At least something valuable would stay. But the whole thing is, I found out after Eric, after all these years, you know what it's all about? You don't give up. You don't give up. Paul said, I've been abased and I've abounded. So I've had a lot and I've had nothing. But Paul wouldn't give up. No, you're not hearing what I'm saying. When I've done all I can do to stand, I keep standing. So when the devil throws everything at me, I keep standing. When he fires on me, I keep standing. I thank God for my shield. I thank God for the breastplate. I thank God for the helmet. I thank God for the battle boots because I found out something. When I've done all I can do to stand, I stand. The key to this whole thing, ladies and gentlemen, whether you're in the pew or in the pulpit is don't give up. Many are the tribulation of the righteous, but God will deliver you out of them all. And sometimes your breakthrough is not 5.3 miles away. Sometimes your breakthrough is just across the boat. It's just a few steps away. Sometimes the breakthrough is not in another country or in another stratosphere. It just might be a few feet across the boat. And you're doing the same thing you did on Wednesday, you're doing the same thing on Thursday, but when that one more time anointing hits it, God releases a miracle. <laughs> enemy will hit you there because the enemy starts sensing you're at a one more time moment. He really does. He just starts sensing you're at a one more time moment. You know when you really get dangerous? And when you just say, I just don't care no more. But I got news for you, devil. I'm not quitting. No, 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 no. You're not hearing me. You get really dangerous when you just get in the end. I just don't care no more. I don't care what people think about me. I don't care if I'm driving a Mercedes or a Kia. No reflection on the Kia, but you know the difference. I, you, know, I, I, you know, I don't care if I'm wearing a tailor-made suit or if I, if I got it from goodwill. I just don't care no more. But I got news for you, devil. I'm not quitting. And you may, maybe you got my house and maybe you repoed my car. And maybe I don't have any things but hungry moths flying out of my billfold, but I'm not quitting. And when you get 
get that, I will not quit. When you get that, I've done all I can do to stand and stand. When you get that attitude of I toiled all night and I got nothing. I have labored all night and do I have any fish? I got nothing. And the Lord is saying, oh, that's when I've got you. Right where I want you. Because I'm the God that's going to turn your nothing into a miracle like you have never seen before in your life. Lord, I'm going to give myself an offering. Praise God. Bless that preacher. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 19 says, Rejoice evermore. Which means simply always. Let me ask you in the realm of always. Have you ever in your always had non-rejoicable seasons? Now let me get down here where you all live. Come on, let's be honest. How many of you have ever had a non-rejoicable season? No, it's one thing to rejoice. Oh, praise God, I just signed the largest contract in the history of my company. Oh, praise God, I got a bigger tax return than I thought I was going to. Oh, praise God, I just got a $5 an hour raise. Oh, praise God, I thought I was going to sell my home for 100000 and I got 125000 Those are rejoicable moments. What about the unrejoicable moments? What about the bad doctor report moments? What about, hey, we don't need your services anymore. We're going with another company. What about, uh, we don't need you in our company anymore. What about, as pastors experience, when your top tither says, you know, I think the Lord's leading me another direction. What about in the unrejoicable moments uh, when you are not the man of her dreams, but you're the boy of her dreams, you're the man of her nightmares, and she's looking at you like, I'm done with this. Uh, I've had had it with you. What about the unrejoicable moments? God said you rejoice always. So that means you rejoice when you're abased and you rejoice when you abound. That means you're rejoicing when you get a bad report and you're rejoicing when you get a good report. Like I said, after 47 years of ministry, I found out something, Dr. O. I found out this. You just don't quit. So I have rejoiceable moments. I have moments when everything's coming together, everything's looking good, everything's feeling good, everything is good, and I got moments uh, when it's like all hell is breaking loose and what am I supposed to do? Rejoice. You know how hard it is to rejoice when everything's crummy? Jerry Savelle was with us a few days ago and I've heard this said over and over again by Dr. Copeland and by the, uh, the, the, the leaders of the Word of Faith movement. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I hear. I'm not moved by what I feel. I have faith in God. Boy, he said that in my pulpit, and it just went through me like electricity because I've been dealing with issues and troubles and pressures and problems, and all of a sudden I just, had to, I just got up and I threw my shoulders back and said, I'm not moved by what I see, I'm not moved by what I hear, I'm not moved by what I feel. I got faith in God. You know what that's saying to the devil? This boy won't quit because I'm going to walk across the boat and throw the net in on the other side when I may be doing the same thing I've done again and again and again. But there's coming a reaping 
if you don't give up. And if you believe it, give God a shout. So then it says, pray without ceasing. Everybody pray, quote that with me. Pray without ceasing. Now, how do I pray without ceasing if I don't pray about stuff I've already prayed before? Oh, you pray about something twice, you don't have any faith. That's a bunch of baloney. I just believe this. It's about time for the people of God to get to a place. They say, God told me to pray without ceasing. So if I'm going to pray without ceasing, I'm going to have to pray about some stuff that I prayed about before. Because I can't keep praying without ceasing because I'm not going to call you up and ask you what you want me to pray about. That'd drive me crazy. So let me, let me get all your prayer requests, and then let me get all your prayer requests, and then let me get all your prayer requests. I've seen what Rod Parsley does. He gets all the people sending in all their prayer requests, and they pile up mountains of prayer requests. And I, and I get it. You know, we're laying our hands. We're sending the word. We're leaving God. But I just want, I want to ask you something. If you're going to pray without ceasing, don't you think you're probably going to repeat yourself? You know why? Because nobody has a greater burden for your kids than you do. Nobody cares about your grandkids more than you do. Nobody cares about your career more than you do. Nobody cares about your business more than you do. Nobody cares about your church more than you do. Are you following me? So what happens? If we're going to pray without ceasing, then we're going to ask. We're going to seek. And we're going to knock. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, seek, and knock. I'm not going to ask no more. Ask, seek, and knock. You know how many times I've asked? You know how many times I sought? You don't realize how many times I sought and knocked and sought and looked and asked and, and walked to the other side of the boat and through, you know, are, are you following me? And so if we're going to pray without ceasing, that means we keep asking, we keep seeking, and we keep knocking. We keep asking, we keep seeking, and we keep knocking. Eventually, the door is going to open. Eventually, we're going to find. Eventually, we're going to get answers. But the Lord said, if you don't give up, you're going to reap. Well, how can I how can I not give up? How can I be in a, a giving up place? Or how can I be in a not giving up place if I quit asking, quit seeking, and quit knocking? If you really want something from him, you're going to ask. And then you might ask again. And then you might knock again. And then you might kind of look around a little bit and say, you know, I wonder where that little box is with the big diamond in it. I just, I've been asking, I've been seeking, I've been knocking. No, it's funny, that's okay if you're dealing with your spouse have your kids ever driven you crazy for something? Or your grandkids? 
Oh, I want, a, I, I want a new video game, or I want a new bike, or I want a new uh, American Girl doll, or uh, whatever the stuff is that my wife spends all my money on. You know, ask, seek, knock, ask, seek, knock. That's a lack of faith. No, it didn't. There isn't anything about a lack of faith that, that defies persistence. You were just determined, I'm going to get an answer, I'm going to find, and the door's going to be open. And I'm going to keep knocking, keep asking, and keep seeking. And finally, I'm going to pound on that door one more time. And when I hit it one more time, I may not know it's the one more time, but eventually, that one more time, I'm going to hit it, and that door is going to open up, and the windows of heaven are going to start opening up. Oh, uh, yeah. God didn't say go five miles this way, two miles that way, seven miles this way, spin it around in circles, slow the net up in the air and say hallelujah. No, God said just do what you've already done. Just do it one more time. Just watch me. Just watch me. Just watch me. So they, they were convinced. I can't. It's impossible to drag this net to the other side of the boat and throw it in. I'm not looking for a fish. I need a multitude. And they just start pulling it in. You still here? I know you've been preached to all week, but I'm going to finish this up pretty quick. But when I do, you're going to get you a one more time breakthrough. Hmm. What about Naaman? How many have heard the story of Naaman? Okay, Naaman's eaten up with leprosy. He's dying. And his king sends a correspondence to the king of Israel. And basically, he's just telling him, he said, listen, more or less, I know there's a prophet in Israel, and I know, I know God does miraculous things, and I'm going to send Naaman to you, and uh, I need you to help him out. That's kind of a revised standard version. And the king of Israel panics because he's saying, oh, you know, what am I going to do? And uh, a prophet, Elisha, just says, no, we, we can take care of this. So... You know the story. He comes to Elisha and he says, uh, Hey, I uh, need a healing, need a miracle. And Gehazi comes out to meet Naaman. Doesn't he, Elisha doesn't even come out, he just sends his servant. He said, The prophet told me to tell you to go dip seven times in the Jordan River. And that wasn't received real well. Because he's looking and saying, you know, I've got all these crystal clear rivers and all these beautiful rivers in my homeland. And I come down here to Israel and they tell me to go dip in a muddy, dirty river. I have a skin condition. <laughs> you know, I, my, my flesh is being eaten. And you want me to go dip not in a clean river. You want me to go dip in a dirty river. And so he's stomping off. <sighs> and thank God for a servant that had enough brains to say, what do you got to lose? See, you can get dangerous when you don't have anything to lose. He said, you don't have anything to lose. This stuff's going to kill you. What if there is a chance that he could be right? How worse off are you going to be if you go dip seven times in this dirty river? But I, I, I can still imagine, okay, I'm going to believe this. Now he's going to get spiritual. I'm, I'm going to believe this. 
And he, so he goes and he dips one time. And he comes up. And I believe when he dipped that first time, he was looking at his skin saying, well, you know, maybe, you know, it, it should look a little better. I've, I've done one-seventh. I should be one-seventh better. Then he dipped again. Not one change. He dipped again. Not one change. Dipped again. Not one change. Dipped again five times, not one change. Now, and he said, in fact, it's looking worse. I mean, this water's dirty. This is a horrible place to have a skin condition, and I'm, I'm dipping in this infected, horrible water. And he probably started looking at his wounds and looking at, it, at the deteriorated places on his body, and, and, and they're getting inflamed, and they're probably stinging, and it's probably hurting, and he's probably feeling worse than he did when he climbed in the rear. And he's, you know, are you, are you with me? You, you ever just put a little back teen on a little cut and you say, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, deliver me. And he's, his body's eaten up. Dips the sixth time. You know what the enemy wants us to do? He wants to stop at six before we get to the one more time. I've dipped six times. I'm not one bit better. And I'm hurting. Every Every bit of flesh on me is stinging. Every bit of flesh on me is getting inflamed. Every bit of flesh on me is worse than it was before I got in this water. I knew I shouldn't have. This is stupid. But all right, I've come this far, and I'm going to dip one more time. And some of you are stinging. Some of you are hurting. Some of you have a inflammation some of you you're doing what you know God told you to do and it's like it's not getting any better I keep asking and getting no answer I keep seeking I'm not finding anything I keep knocking and the door seems to be padlocked I keep doing what God told me to do what the prophet of God told me to do what the man of God told me to do and I'm not getting any better I'm stinging all over I'm, I mean I'm getting more infected I'm getting more inflamed I'm more uncomfortable I'm getting worse instead of better and that's when the enemy says you need to give up you need to give up you need to give up. But as I told you, what I found out with this, don't give up. No, you're not hearing me tonight. You're all tired from the week. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up financially. Don't give up physically. Don't give up relationally. Don't give up spiritually. Don't give up emotionally. Because even though you look at it yourself in the mirror and say, I I I've come this far, but I'm not getting any better. So it's time to quit. But thank God for Naaman's sake. He said, all right. He said seven times, I'm going down one more time. And when he went down one more time and came back up, he looked. There wasn't a progressive healing. There was a complete healing. There wasn't a progressive blessing. There was a complete blessing. Uh, there wasn't one fish in the net. There was a net so full of blessings uh, that they could hardly get it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They could hardly get it into the boat. They could hardly pull it in. Uh, but it didn't make any sense because uh, he said it's just to the other side. It made no sense. Why am I not six-sevenths better at the sixth dip? No. God said seven times. Uh, but the enemy said, now it's time to quit. Now it's time to give up. Now it's time to throw in the towel. And the Lord said, come on, come on, come on, name it. One more time. One more time. One more time. One more time. 
Some of you are one dip away. But the whole principle is not just about going like walking 20 feet or dipping one. It's about not giving up. What has God said to you that is so real that no matter how hard you try, you can't give up on it? And I, as I was saying earlier, this is the one thing I've learned about the work of the kingdom, whether you're in the pews or in the pulpit, is you can't quit. I've tried to quit. I've tried. But I can't. Because I'll tell you one thing, devil. I'm going to get my harvest. I am going to wave it in front of you and let you know you did everything you could to stop me, kill me, maim me, depress me, paralyze me, put me down in a low place that I feel like I couldn't reach up the touch bottom, and I'm going to let you know I'm going to wave it in your face. I'm going to hold the trophy up and say, you said I couldn't win, but I'm winning anyway. You ever watch the Rocky movies? I don't know which Rocky it was in. But man, I mean, Apollo Creed was just beating him up. Rocky, he was slower than Grandma. And, and Apollo just dancing around, knocking him down. Rocky get back up. Now that was the key. He just wouldn't stay down. And Paul was with him and said, he's like, stay down, sucker, stay down. And he'd get back up. But there was one moment in one of those fights with Apollo. I don't know if it was one or two or 26, but it was in one of those fights. And he looked like he looked at him. Couldn't see out of one eye. His nose was crooked. And he's all beat up and bruised. And he looks at him. I'm not going down no more. I'm not going down no more. Come here, help me. See, somewhere you've just been hit so many times. You know, and, and I, I'm telling you, if some of you could see through spiritual eyes what some men of God have gone through to still be in the pulpit, <clears throat> they'd look a little bit like Rocky in the 13th round. And here's Apollo. You're Apollo. I'm going to let you be the great. And, and so Rocky's, Rocky's holding on. He can barely stand up. He's all beat up. His nose is bleeding. His eyes shut. He's got bruises. He's hurting. His body's aching. His stomach hurts. His legs hurt. His arms hurt. He's cut all over. And he grabs him. I'm not going down. No more. I'm not going down. I don't know who you are because I can't see out of my eye. But I'm not going down no more. And sometimes the enemy hits you so many times and you're just holding on. But something rises up inside of you and says, I'm not going down no more. I'm not going down 
no more. I'm not giving up. I'm not going down. I'm not giving up. I'm not going down. And if I got to throw the net one more time, knock one more time, dip one more time, I'm not going down. The key to you fulfilling your destiny is refusing to quit. Adrian. Adrian was ugly back then, too. That just wouldn't have been that much motivation. I got enough oil and enough meal to make me and my son two cakes. And we're going to eat them. And we're going to die. We've given up. And the prophet said, how about one more cake? How about making me a cake first? How about making me a cake? One more. One more cake. What do you got to lose? All you're talking about is dying anyway. What do you got to lose? Come on, lady. Don't give up. Come on, lady. Don't quit. Come on, mama. Give your boy a future. Give yourself a future. God sent me from the brook of Cherith that he dried up and he sent me here for you to help me. Come on, lady. Don't give up. One more cake could change it all. Pour just a little bit more of that oil and grab a little bit more of that meal. Just one more. I know you're tired. I know you're hurting. I know you're inflamed and hungry and bruised, disappointed and you've asked with no answer, sought with not finding anything, knocking with the door stage shut. But how about one more cake, mama? How about one more cake? Do you got one more cake in you? Do you have what it takes to pat it out and look at it and let it go and let God? Don't give up, Mama. Don't give up, Junior. God's getting ready to make a way where there seems to be no way. God gave the prophet a word, and the prophet heard from God and said, go tell Ahab there's a sound of an abundance of rain. Whew. So fire fell at Carmel, and repentance had occurred in Israel. And he tells his servant, he said, go up the mountain, go up the mountain. What do you see? Nothing. But you ever heard from God to where you relentlessly say that doesn't agree with what God said? Go again. What do you see? He comes back. 
Now, I don't know about you, if you've ever done any mountain climbing, that going up is tough and the coming down is tough. Now he's been up and down two times. What'd you see? Nothing. He said, well, God bless that servant. He was so relentless. No, God bless that prophet. He was so relentless because he wouldn't let go of what God said. Don't tell me nothing because God told me there was an abundance of rain coming. Go again. And he goes again. And he goes the fourth time. And the poor old boy's sweating and he's tired and he's hungry and he's giving up. And he said, go again. He said, oh, God. You know it's it's a record-breaking temperature today. The skies are clear. There's no there's nothing in the sky. Go again because what you're telling me doesn't agree with what God said. He goes the fifth time and he goes the sixth time. He comes down the sixth time. I'm so tired. I can't even hardly stand up. Oh, what did you see? Nothing. Go again. And he climbs up that mountain. He comes back down what he says. See a little hand, a little cloud like a man's head. And the prophet didn't say, is that all? He said, now, go and tell Ahab, eat and drink. It's getting ready to rain. All I need is just one little bit of evidence to agree with what God told me. All I need is an Isaac to know I'm going to be the father of a great nation. All I need is a little cloud, just something up there, something that's not nothing. And when he got something, he said that little Something is going to turn into a downpour. And some of you have seen the little cloud, but you have categorized it as nothing. Now, I'm going to come over here and preach because these folks are listening to me. You have seen something but you put it in the category of nothing. Now, maybe I'll talk to you folks. You've seen something, but you categorized it as nothing. And all he saw was a little cloud. And the prophet said, that's all I need. Tell him it's going to rain. He didn't make something and degrade it to nothing. Oh God, I need, I need a hundred thousand, and God loses a thousand, and you say, that's nothing. Your pastor said something about miracles that I'd never heard anybody say before, but it did something for my spirit. He called it the talked about the working of miracles. So he said. He, he put it this way. Okay, you've got back trouble. You're in constant pain. You, <coughs> you can't move. And you're prayed for. Is there something you can do now that you couldn't do before? Well, yeah, I can move about that far. But I'm not doing all this. 
But when you make something into nothing, you stop your downpour. No, I'm preaching better than you're shouting right now. So he began to teach about this working of miracles. And I began to think about, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, so if I couldn't do this, but now I can, that means something has happened. So instead of saying, man, I didn't get my complete healing. No, you say, something happened. All I see is a little cloud like a man's hand, but I'm not giving up because that cloud's going to turn into a rain cloud. The skies are going to get dark. The rain is coming. Are, are, are you with me? So all I can do is do this, but I couldn't do that before. So maybe, maybe if I keep rejoicing, rejoice evermore. And I pray without it. Maybe if I keep asking and I keep seeking and I keep knocking, that all of a sudden maybe, maybe now I can do this when I couldn't do this before. And then maybe now I can do this when I couldn't do it before. And maybe now I can bend over. So maybe it just starts with a little cloud like a man's hand. But God's saying, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. If you won't make my something into nothing, then I'll make my something a little bit bigger. If you won't make my something into nothing, I'll make it a little bigger than that. If you won't make my something into nothing, I'll make it bigger than that. And before you know it, you've got your mobility back. Before you know it, your knees are moving. Before you know it, you're climbing off the walker. You're climbing out of the wheelchair. Before you know it, the thousand turns into 10,000 and the 10,000 turns into 50 and the 50 turns into 100 because you didn't degrade something by saying it's nothing. How can I be the father of a grand? I'm preaching tonight, so you just hold on. Whether you're getting blessed or not, God's blessing me. How can I be the father of a great nation? All I got is one little boy named Isaac. But Abraham didn't look at Isaac as nothing. He looked at Isaac as something. And he said, this is it. This is it. This is it. It's a little cloud like a man's head. This is it. It's just a 20-foot walk across the boat. But I'm in the net one more time. This is it. I've dipped six times, but I'm going to dip one more time. This is it. Some of you aren't getting rained on because you called God's rain cloud nothing. You looked at it and said, it's just a little cloud. What can it do? God said, let me work on that cloud. Let the workings of miracles start with that cloud. Oh, God, I need this. This isn't what I need. And God's saying, but you toiled all night and got nothing. And this isn't nothing. Let me do something with the little cloud. Let me do something with one more dip. Just go up one more time. Dip one more time. Pray one more day. Eight, nine, probably ten days in the upper room. My God, nothing's happening. We're here, we're praying. 
Man, I'm frustrated about this, Peter. Probably Thomas was having, you know, he had attention deficit syndrome or something. Yeah. We've been here all these days. I'm so hungry. And I'm missing all sorts of appointments. And, and, and you know, we've been praying. And do you feel any different? No, I don't feel any different. How about you? I don't feel nothing. Oh, my God. He just, we don't even know what we're waiting on. We don't even know what we're looking for. And all of a sudden, you hear a sound. <sighs> what was that? Oh, it's probably nothing. Yeah. What was that? Oh, my God, it's so early. Oh, the wind's just blowing outside. Now, that's more that I've never heard wind blow like that. And so somebody was hearing something, and somebody said, that nothing is something. No, you're not hearing me. That nothing is something. I said, that nothing is something. See, some, no, you, you're not catching Your nothing may be something. You, you're, you're saying you're putting the something into the nothing when the, when the something isn't nothing, it's something. And a, the wind starts blowing, the move of God starts hitting. And they're sitting there saying, wow, I haven't heard anything like that. That's different. A sound from heaven, a sound from heaven. See, some of you are getting ready to hear a sound like you haven't heard before. Some of you are getting ready to see a fire like you haven't seen before. Some of you are getting ready to feel something you haven't felt before. And some of you keep praying, I want a new touch. I want a fresh anointing. I want fresh power. And then the power of God hits you and it's not familiar to you because you said the old wine suits me just fine. God said, I'm activating a new vintage. It's going to have a different taste. I'm heating up the fire seven times hotter. It's going to have a new intensity. I'm pouring out fresh oil. I'm pouring out fresh oil. I'm anointing your head with oil and your cup's getting ready to run over. It's not going to be like yesterday, but maybe you're just going to walk 20 feet and throw the net on the other side of the boat. But when you throw the net on the other side of the boat, you're not going to get the results you got yesterday. Do you have one more dip in you? Do you have one more cake in you? Do you have one more trip up the mountain in you? Do you have in your skin blooded knuckles one more knock on the door in you? Because your nothing is becoming something. Somebody give God a shout. No, I said a shout. I'm not talking about a golf clap. I'm talking about a, an anointing. I'm talking about a power. I'm talking about a breakthrough. I'm talking about a miracle. I'm talking about a life-changing downpour out of heaven. I'm talking about nothing becoming something. I'm talking about sickness becoming health, poverty becoming overflow, depression becoming joy. I'm I'm talking about one more cake, one more trip, one more dip. Throw the net over one more time, and nothing will be something. Give him one more praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it one more time. One more time. One more time. One more time. Some people, all the, I'm trying to shut up. I'm sorry. Some people, they're just so, always looking for something new and improved. They're always looking for the, the church that has a little different sound or does it a little different, even though they know God. 
God put them in only believe. You know, it's just it's the same boat. Same boat. And I'm gonna walk over to the other side. Same church. And God's telling me just do what I've done before. One more time. If I go over here, oh, they're going to sing a song I haven't heard before. If I go over here, they're going to they're do it a little different. If I go over here, the pastor's going to tell me that I'm okay and the person next to me is okay and I don't need to live right. And the Lord's saying to you, you got one more cake in you, you're going to give up. You got another 20 feet in you, or you're going to give up. You got one more trip up the mountain in you? Or are you going to give up? Because it said if you don't give up, you're going to reap. I'm not losing my harvest. I'm not going down no more. If you're not going down, give God a shout. Give God a shout. Thank you. Praise God. Now, lift your hands up toward heaven. We make get it in your key. Mm, I can sing in that key too. That is who you are. Oh yeah. We make a miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. That is who you are. Work, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. We make a miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Come on, sing it from your hearts. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Praise him tonight. Uh, Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Sing it again, yes. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. If you're ready to not give up, I said, if you're ready, say whatever it takes, I'm not giving up. If you're ready to not give up, I dare you to get out of your seat and meet me down here right now. If you're ready not to give up, 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 oh, Gerald, aren't you glad you didn't give up? I've known you a long time. 
walked a few roads with you, but aren't you glad you didn't give up? Aren't you glad you didn't give up? My God, when I think of all we walked through, LD, aren't you glad you didn't give up? When you think of all the miracles that have happened right here and only believe in little old town of Bodkins, Ohio, aren't you glad you didn't give up? If you're thankful that your pastor, when God told him to fast for 40 days, that he didn't give up after 10, or he didn't give up after 20, or he didn't give up after 25 or 30, but he said, God, this is what you told me to do. I will not stop. And now millions have been touched by the gospel. Think about it. Think about it from this church, from this place, from a place that Bodkins, I think, has about a thousand people in it. From this place, millions have been touched with the gospel. Who would have ever thought it? But there was one man that led this house that refused to give up. And I believe he's put that tenacity in you. Don't give up on your miracle. Don't give up on your blessing. Don't give up on your call. Don't give up on your anointing. Don't give up on what God has prophesied to you, whether you're 70 or 17. Because he's the way maker. He's a miracle worker. My God, that is who you are. Don't you know that? Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Now, sometimes I call a lot of people out and walk the aisles and give personal words, but I, I'm prophesying to this whole church. And the Lord would say, don't give up. I know that's not overly profound, but the Lord would say, not just Tim back, but the Lord is saying to you, you're going to reap if you don't give up. Let me ask you this. How many of you have ever received a prophetic word? Let me see your hands. Look at all these hands. How many of you have ever had a dream or a vision that you know came from God? Okay. Now, I'm... I want to get this real up close and personal. How many know that you know that you know that what you heard came from God? Okay. What you heard came from God. So then God will have to find you a Cyrus to help you fulfill what is not yet fulfilled. Do, do some of you, let me ask this. Do some of you have words from God that it doesn't have anything to do with a lack of passion or desire, but it could have to do with a lack of resources to see it fulfilled? Come on, I'm seeing hands go up all over the place. Then God's got to find you a Cyrus. And he knows what he said to you. How many of you could say, I've got some parts of what the Lord has spoken to me that have not been fulfilled? Come on. I got my hand up. I'm just not. No, I've got things God has said to me about our church, about my ministry, different aspects of what God has spoken to me about who I am at this stage in my life, in my ministry. I'm saying, God, this hasn't happened. And I'm looking at it and saying, now, God, if you don't raise me up a Cyrus, I don't know how some things are going to happen. 
or God, this hasn't come to pass yet, so how are you going to do it? And it's like the Lord keeps telling me, just don't give up. Just don't give up. Just don't give up. Just don't give up because you will reap in the appointed time. My Lord, if you would have given up the first time you prayed for the sick and they didn't recover. If you'd have given up the first time you prayed for a deaf ear and it didn't open. If you'd have given up the first time you prayed for somebody in a wheelchair and they didn't get out of it. No, you kept pressing. You kept pushing. You kept believing. You kept saying, God, I know what you told me. Because I remember God prophesying to you and saying, they're going to come off of stretchers. They're going to come out of wheelchairs. The blind are going to see. The deaf are going to hear. And and you were, you had kind of, I'm not picking on you, but even though you deserve it, uh, but you had kind of settled into the fact, God, you give me a great teaching ministry. I teach faith. I'm helping your people find the way. I'm showing them the the basics and the, the ABCs of the word, but then God shows up one day, and God said, Peter Dosick, I have called you to see the sick healed, to see the demon possessed delivered. I have called you to make a worldwide impact, and what happened with this man is he got a word, and he didn't give up on it. He heard from God, and when God said, this is what I want you to do, he did it. That's your role model, people. Get me on this. This is your role model. God didn't just do that for him. He's doing it for every one of you that are connected to this ministry. This man has shown you how to get from point A to point B, not because he was the most qualified, not because you were in the biggest metropolitan city, not because you had the most money to work with, not because everything was perfect, because it never has been. But there's been a one more time anointing. I'm going up the mountain again. I'm going to pray again. I'm going to fast again. I'm going to believe again. I'm going to believe God. And instead of giving up, you keep fighting. You keep fighting. You refuse to go down. As long as I'm alive, I know God can work a miracle. Oh, if you believe it, shout tonight. I am not a guest speaker at this church. I have been a part of the fiber of this ministry for 36 years. And I see faces out there that I preach to every time I preached at this church over the last 36 years. I see guys playing the guitar and the bass that I've watched you play your instruments every time I've ever preached here. I watch, I look at people sitting in their spot in this church as faithful as any Christians could be to the house of God. But I'm saying, I'm coming to you as the prophet of the house. Don't give up. Don't let go of your word. Don't throw the tackling of the prophetic overboard in the midst of the storm. Hold on to what God has declared for your life. There's a harvest coming. Not one fish. There's a net full of fishes. Not one cake. There's coming a supernatural sustaining. This isn't going like I thought it was going to go tonight. Sorry, God's messed up my plan. I was going to prophesy over 10 or 20 people and lay hands on everybody. And God said, why don't you let me do what I do best? 
Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not going down. I'm not giving up. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for one more time. Stretch your hands this way. Now, Father, by the power vested in me as your servant in the position of spiritual authority that you have given me in this house, I prophesy over these people in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I declare a supernatural harvest is coming. I declare it's going to rain. And I am declare we will go see the little hand, the cloud like a man's hand, that our natural inclination would be to say that's nothing. But, God, we will never again say that something is nothing because of its size. And I declare that they will see the somethings that are manifested in their life as their pastor has taught them. Uh, every symptom that is not there physically that was there before is an indication uh, that they are being healed, that they are being delivered. Uh, every blessing that is coming to them financially is an indication of a netful, not just a fish, but a netful in an overflow. I prophesy to this church in the name of the Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ, and I declare there's a Cyrus that will be raised up. I declare there is people, there are people, there are individuals uh, that have not yet walked through the doors of this church uh, that are going to finance uh, the work of the kingdom in the foreign field. Uh, I declare in the name of the Lord Jesus uh, that there are Cyruses coming uh, to these men and women uh, to provide them with what they need to fulfill their cause, fulfill their destinies, uh, cause them to walk in prophetic fulfillment. Uh, God, if you would stir a heathen because of what you prophesied, you will stir people to stand with your sons and daughters because of what you have proclaimed over them. And I rebuke the devourer. I rebuke the spirit of infirmity. I rebuke the spirit of the destroyer. I rebuke the spirit of fear. I rebuke the spirit of heaviness. And I declare unto these mountains, be thou moved. Who art thou, O thou mountain, that would stand before Peter Dosik? Who art thou, O thou mountain, that would stand before only believe men? Who art thou, O thou mountain, that would stand before these men and women? Be thou made a plain in the name of Jesus. Somebody praise God. Somebody praise God. Somebody praise God. I, I don't know how many services I've conducted in this church. But pastor, there's something sovereign that's swept into this room tonight. And I, I want you to hear me in the Holy Ghost. If you can grab it, if you can believe it, you will receive it. Now look at you, my friend. I don't know how many years I've preached to your family. But there's a one more time miracle getting ready to happen I look at you I watched you grow up from a kid but you're getting ready to get a harvest like you have never seen before in your life I've been in don't know how many services with you LD but I'm telling you this 
climb the mountain one more time. You're going to say, well, that isn't much. And the Lord's saying, don't tell me what I say is something is nothing because I'm getting ready to send a downpour. And I see financial release coming to you, Pastor Dosick. You know, sometimes we say, God, you do this for this guy and you do this for this guy. You do this and you do this. You know, hey, you got my post office box. God said, I'm getting ready to open up the windows. I'm getting ready to turn the little cloud into the darkened skies of a downpour that this season will not be hard. But the latter and the former will blend together to restore the years. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming to you. How many are glad you've been in the house tonight? I said, how many are glad you've been in the house tonight? I said, how many are glad you've been in the house tonight? Hallelujah. God, I declare in the name of Jesus one more time. Power of the Holy Ghost on him. I declare in the name of Jesus one more time that touch from heaven that you need. I said, God, I keep asking, I keep seeking, I keep knocking, I keep asking, I keep seeking, I keep knocking. And God, I still hurt. And God, I still battle with things. God, I'm still struggling. I declare one more time. God, one more time, I declare these knuckles are bloodied from knocking, but I declare the door of the blessing is getting ready to open in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. I declare what God has prophesied to you shall be released. It's coming. It's coming. You'll be able to stand in front of your pastor and say, you know, 10 years ago, God told me this, and it is now coming to pass. It's coming to pass. You prayed and fasted. It's coming. It's coming. You've cried out to God. You've interceded. You've cried out to the Lord. And it's coming. And the windows of heaven are opening up right now. The breakthrough is coming, my friend. God said, I've given you everything you need to be blessed. Everything you need to be wealthy. But I'm going to start stirring some things to fulfill my promise on your life. Uh, glory to God. I don't know who's bigger you are the Hulk, but I'm telling you this, son, he's called you to be a soul winner. He's called you to be a prodigal restorer. You should be dead. I don't know how to say it any more polite than that. You shouldn't be here today, but the angels of the Lord have been camped around about you, and God has preserved you because he's called you to be a life giver. He's called you to be a life giver. There's resurrection anointed in you, and you're not going to leave here like you came one more time, one more time, one more time. Just stay in the spirit with me. Just stay in the spirit. There's blessing. There's blessing. Is this your wife? Lift your hands. Oh, I, didn't you have something on your... No, that must have been somebody else. I thought you had a 
a cast on. But God's anointing is coming on you tonight. I want to tell you, you've asked and asked and asked and asked and asked, but I see God's hand over your heart right now, and there is a healing going through your spirit. You have trusted God, and you're serving, and you're letting God use whatever you have available unto the Lord. But God said, you're getting ready to see your nets fill up to overflowing, saith the Lord. Somebody bless God. I don't understand this. Dr. O, I don't understand this because God has a multiplicity of ways to release blessing and some of it, I know you have a practice and I know you're a doctor and I don't want anybody to act like I'm hearing from heaven on all that. I, I know that and I know that there's the normal ways God brings resources into a man in your profession but God said, I have a source that is coming that will be connected to a dream and I don't understand this. This is not anything you have talked to me about. But God said, there is a dream and you need a Cyrus. And the Lord said, just don't give up on the dream. Do you got one more cake in you? Do you got one more trip up the mountain in you? Can you walk across the boat and throw the net on the other side? What I preached tonight, you got it. You got it. But the Lord said, when Israel had to see the house rebuilt, I stirred so the dream could come to pass. And the Lord said, I'm getting ready to stir things. Saith the Lord, stay with me. Stay with me. Breakthroughs are coming. I prayed with you last night, but breakthroughs are coming. They are coming. They are coming. You've got to hold on to what God said. You've got to hold on to what God has declared. And the Lord said, prepare yourself. You got one more cake in you? You got one more trip in you? Got one more dip in you? Got one more prayer in you? A able to fast one more day if need be? Ha, then it's going to break. Just walk across the boat ha, and see the blessing of God. How many things has God said to you too? I've watched you sit out here. Sow seed, give, support your pastor. Bless ministries that have come through the door given, sacrificed. I know the kind of people you are, the kind of people you build great churches out of. But what hasn't happened yet? What hasn't been fulfilled yet? What are you knocking on the door for that doesn't seem to ever going to open? And I'm here to tell you, there's still something in you that you're not going down. There's something in you that said, I'm not giving up. There's something in you that said, I'm not giving up. And the breakthrough is coming. The breakthrough is coming. The breakthrough is coming. I don't know how, but you will be able to write the largest tithe check you have ever written in your life. I don't know how God's going to do it, but the Lord is going to do it because you have a heart for this house. You have a heart for what your pastor does in the world. And God said, keep knocking even though your knuckles are bloodied. Keep asking even though your throat is raspy. Keep seeking even though your body may be tired because it's gonna. there's going to be a receipt there's going to be a finding and there's going to be an opening uh, saith the Lord of hosts somebody praise God with me uh, somebody praise God with me uh, hallelujah hallelujah how old are you man how 32. 32 is this your wife listen I don't know what's getting ready to break for you I don't know anything about you, don't know anything about your education, don't know how genius you are, but the Lord said, I put my hand on him. And the Lord said, if you will not give up, I will bring to pass the prophetic promise over your life.
I sense God speaking to you when you were just a little guy. I sense God making declarations over your life that sometimes at 32 you look back and say, how on earth can that ever happen? And the Lord's saying, just don't give up. But God, you know, that happened when I was 12 years old. Just don't give up. Oh, God, you know, I've seen this one do this and that one do that. Just don't give up. Lord, if he gave you this wife, he can do anything for you. I mean, I don't know how you pulled that off. But the whole thing is, God put the two of you together, and both of you have had a call of God on your life since you were children. And the Lord is saying to you, just don't give up. Because I'm going to bless what you put your hands to. You have two streams of anointing in your life. You have an entrepreneurial stream and you have a ministry stream and you're going to lay your hands and see young people filled with the Holy Ghost. You are going to pray for the sick and see the sick recover. You are going to minister to broken hearted ladies that have been abused uh, as this woman earlier was testifying about abuses and, and, and all the types of traumas and tragedies but how God restored her. God said you're going to have people come to you and you're going to say God I'm not qualified to help them and the Lord's going to say you don't have to be qualified in the natural. you got the power of the Holy Ghost on the inside of you and all this timidity you're not timid with him but you can be timid on the outside of the house but the Lord said I'm going to put a spirit of boldness you are a lioness you have power you have authority and you're going to be used of God and son you're going to begin to come forth I can see a superhero kind of thing coming on you kind of the Clark Kent in the phone booth thing and the Lord said mild mannered reporter rise up, you're going to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Because there is an anointing that is supernaturally on both of you, saith the Lord. Somebody praise God. You have a call on you. I prayed for you before. I remember praying with you. But there's a call on you. There's a power of God resting on you. And the Lord said, your key is don't give up. Your key is don't give up. If you don't give up, you will reap. If you don't give up, you won't have a fish in the net. You will have a harvest like you have never seen before. God said, I'm going to stir a business anointing in you, but I've also stirred the power to witness, and there's a soul-winning anointing on you. And God said, prepare yourself, because it's a new season in your life, and the man of God is getting ready to rise up. Huh? Jesus was 12 years old, we read about, and he grew in wisdom and in faith. But then we see him at 30, and the boy became a man. And let me say with all due respect, the boy is getting ready to become a man of God. And greater and mightier things are going to start flowing through you, saith the Lord of hosts. Somebody give God a praise. Somebody give God a praise. Somebody give God a praise. Hallelujah. 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 Come here, Gerald, both of you. One simple thing I've got to say to you, because you didn't give up, God has put you into the restoration of years. And you're getting ready to see God. If he can do one thing, he can do it all. Because you had one more cake you had one more trip. You had one more dip on the inside of you. There was something in you that even though you wanted to give up, you refused to give up. And I want to tell you something. Your harvest 
is about 20 feet away. You may not do anything different than you did yesterday, except say, nevertheless, at thy word. I will obey you. And God said, get ready, because I'm going to amaze you. I'm going to amaze you in all areas of your lives, saith the Lord of hosts. Somebody praise God. Somebody praise God. Hallelujah. Lift your hands up. What's your name, Eric? I declare the God of full nets is going to fulfill your prophecies in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Lift your hands up toward heaven. Oh, my God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. My, my friend here, you're, you've helped and served in this church for many, many years. Come here real fast. Bring your wife with you. She has to put up with you. She might as well be here when God does something for you. Tonight, I don't understand this, but God said, tonight, I've started answering. Tonight. What sense does that make? But God said, I don't know if it means it's a launching pad. I don't know if it means it's an activation point. But God said, tonight, things you've been praying about are moving. It's like you're hearing the creaking of the door open. You're saying, oh, wait a minute. I see something glistening there. It looks like gold. I, I, I hear an answer coming. And God said, get ready because I prophesied some things to you years ago that it had to do not just with you but with other people. And the Lord said, get ready. You're going to see what I promised you and your wife and all right, Lord, I'll say it, even though I sound like I'm being redundant. You will write the largest tithe check you have ever written because God's getting ready to help you to pull out some full nets, not just a fish or two, not just enough to get you through. I'm talking about a season-changing overflow that will accompany the next season of your life. There's healing going through your body. You look as healthy. I wouldn't push you. You'd whoop me with one hand tied behind your back. But there is healing going through your body, and you keep declaring it. You keep knocking. You keep asking. You keep seeking. And there's you're going to feel the fire of God go through you tonight. And the workings of miracles are going to begin again. And you're not going to be as you have been. You're going to say, wait a minute. I couldn't do this, but now I can do that. And what would look to be nothing will be something, saith the Lord of hosts. I declare, God, whatever you got to do, stir up a Cyrus. My God, for the future of the kingdom, give God a praise. Give God a praise. Give God a praise. Say it with me. I will not. No, say it again. I will not, I will not 
Say it again. I will not give up. I'll not stop. I'm going to keep on pressing. God will bring it to pass. Oh, if you believe it, shout tonight. Yeah. Waymaker. My God, that is who you are. Yes. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are.